Day after tomorrow, gentlemen, we'll be in Las Vegas. Welcome to Vegas. Las Vegas functions on a 24-hour-a-day schedule. Casino. Big volcano out in front. That's the Eiffel Tower. Bellagio. Riviera. The Mirage. Flamingo. Sahara. The MGM Grand. This isn't the real Caesar's Palace, is it? Want to gamble? They always put the machines that pay off the most right in the front. Good luck. The strip is just the most amazing stretch of the road, I think, probably anywhere in the world. Kicking ass in Vegas. Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. Welcome to the Sahara used to be referred to as the start of the Strip, when the Strip began to develop. During that time, people talked about the Strip like they do off-Strip properties today, too far from the action. Turns out what people really wanted was more options, and the development of the Strip over the years has been nothing short of remarkable. The question is, does the Strip have a limit to the number of properties it can support, or do the struggles facing places like Sahara fall directly on the shoulders of the properties experiencing them? Give the people what they want and they will come. If you follow that sentiment, then the question has to be asked, do people not want what Sahara has to offer? Is that why they're struggling? At the age of 13, Sports Illustrated reported that 6'3 Del Webb was already one of the best first basemen around Fresno, California. After his freshman year of high school, Dell left to become a carpenter's apprentice to help support his family. Not limiting himself to the radius in which he lived, Dell looked for and took work all around Southern California. His only requirement? The company had to have a baseball team so he could keep his skills sharp while he waited to be called up to the big leagues. At the age of 20, Dell married his childhood sweetheart Hazel Church, an operating room nurse at the time. While playing in a game for the inmates of San Quentin Prison, the water Dell was given to drink gave him typhoid fever. He was in bed for 11 weeks and almost died twice, dropping from 204 pounds to 99. It was a year before he was able to return to the workforce. On doctor's advice, Webb moved to Arizona. Upon arrival, he took a job with the Crane Construction Company. While he did return to playing baseball for a time, eventually he decided pursuing two careers only helped to reduce the time he could put into doing one exceptionally, so he gave up baseball. After being a member of the team responsible for building the Westward Ho Hotel in Phoenix, Dell broke out and created his own construction company. By 1933, and during the Great Depression, Dell Webb's company was worth an estimated $3 million. From a young age, Dell showed a natural skill at analytics, breaking down things into tasks to get them to run as efficiently as possible. In fact, you're probably aware of Dell's impact on the construction industry and didn't even know it. You know that mobile trailer set up as an office building for the foreman? That was Dell's idea. Before that, people used to just set up shack houses to store blueprints. The success of the web construction company came not only from his tenacity, but his ability to standardize production to its most efficient form, eliminating waste in time and resources during a time, the Great Depression and World War II, when wasting anything wasn't an option. It became known as Weberization. In the 1940s, Webb once again became sick with what some thought was the flu. When his doctor asked him if he drank, Webb confessed to drinking 10 to 20 bourbons a day. 
per the doctor's advice, Dell gave up drinking right then and took the attitude that he could take the time he spent drinking and now spend it working. Watching work exist in abundance only to see it quickly dry up, Webb decided to diversify his interests into multiple industries. In addition to oil fields and the film industry, in 1945, Dell returned to his beloved baseball when he became a part owner in the New York Yankees for $2.8 million. Dell brought a business mind to the sport, making sure he knew everything about the new industry he was a part of. He knew how much people paid for tickets, what they ate, how much that cost, and kept a record of all of it. Dell would use his ability to get tickets to Yankees games, even World Series tickets, to make new contracts and secure deals. During his time as owner, the team won 15 pennants as well as 10 World Series. 20 years later, despite his love for the game, Dell sold the Yankees to CBS for $14 million. Over the years, government contracts were Webb Construction's bread and butter. Those dealings provided a chance encounter with another man who built a lot for the government, Howard Hughes. With many shared interests and ambitions, the two became fast friends. The first project the two partnered on was an expansion of Hughes Aircraft Facility in Culver City, California in 1950. One of the problems encountered while working with Howard Hughes is you never knew what he was going to use the building for, logistically. Hughes didn't think that far ahead. So the buildings had to be multi-purpose to accommodate all possibilities. Over the years, Webb Construction built a series of factories, office buildings, and research labs for Howard Hughes. Webb became the only guy Hughes would build with, which equated to about $1 billion worth of projects. Even after Howard began his descent into OCD madness, the friends continued to work with one another. Like so many during this time, Webb simply adapted to the unorthodox way that he had to work with Hughes. It's said that Dell was one of the only people who could get Hughes on the phone at any given time. In fact, it's reported that Howard's original plan to enter the Vegas market was to buy the Sahara from Webb. However, Webb wasn't interested in selling, so instead, Hughes went on to purchase six different properties in his historic Nevada land grab. For more on Howard Hughes, check out his 360 Vintage Vegas segment, available exclusively at patreon.com slash 360vegas. One of the many lasting legacies Webb left behind was Sun City, a retirement community in Arizona. The idea was the development of an entire community designed exclusively for active retirement. That was unique to Webb's concept. The idea of a retirement community wasn't Dell's. That had already been done in Arizona, northwest of Phoenix, a community called Youngtown. It was the prototype that Webb would use as inspiration to take the idea to the next level. Research was done with psychologists, geriatric specialists, and even trips to the retirement capital of the US, Florida, to hear from the people that would be the target market for Sun City, to learn what they liked and didn't like about their retirement communities. The concept was so popular, demand rapidly outpaced supply. Time Magazine celebrated Webb's idea by putting him on the cover of the August 3, 1962 magazine. The Sun City concept was such a success that similar projects were developed for California and Florida. The first thing Webb built in Las Vegas was a gas station in the early 1930s. At the time, Las Vegas was considered just another place in between California and Utah. The first hotel casino Dell built was the Flamingo. While the original plan wasn't his, once Bugsy Siegel forced out the true idea man behind the project, Billy Workerson, he brought in Webb to help him finish the project. 
For more on Billy Wilkerson, Bugsy Siegel, and the story of the Flamingo, check out their 360 Vintage Vegas episodes available exclusively at patreon.com slash 360vegas. The Flamingo would be a major turning point in the city's evolution. Moving beyond the idea of being an old western town frozen in time, the Flamingo would bring California elegance to the desert. Webb says when he came to the project, he had no idea who Bugsy Siegel was. The Flamingo just appeared to be another construction project for his company. After showing off his gun and bragging to Webb that he had killed dozens of men and had another assignment to go out and do it again, Bugsy famously reassured Webb by telling him, don't worry, we only kill each other. Webb claimed that Siegel paid up faster than anyone he had ever built for, and he did it all in cash. The lodging industry was a huge business after World War II. Webb helped break ground on a new concept, the motor hotels, better known as motels. In a 1969 story with the Los Angeles Times West Magazine, Webb said he had a long conversation with Jared Gould. We hope you've enjoyed this premium content preview. For access to the rest of this episode, as well as all the premium content we offer, go to patreon.com slash 360vegas. A monthly subscription will give you access to the enhanced version of the podcast, often with bonus content, exclusive podcasts like 360 Vintage Vegas, 360 Origins, 360 Vegas Movies, insider information on all things 360 Vegas, 360 Vegas Vacation, and early access to everything. To subscribe, simply go to patreon.com slash 360vegas. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Or you can find a link to Patreon on our blog, 360vegaspodcast.com. Podcast.com.